Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast with yours truly, Red Dead 2023. I am gathered on the interwebs with my man from the West Coast, supposedly the best coast. We'll see. Oh, that's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I never leave the house. I'm Michael Raparez. That's right. Uh, Wiki Paras on Twitter from Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, I, I can't say videogamepocalypse.com anymore because the website's not working, but uh, oh, we, you can find us wherever uh, web or podcasts are sold. Uh, <laughs> but we do, we do a weekly podcast about video games with the top five and talk about new releases and news, etc. That's true. And actually, he uh, Michael has been gracious enough to be on the podcast now. I think this is you're entering like top host co-host territory here like four or five i, I thought this was just number three maybe, maybe you're right because uh, because we started we did um god what was the first the jesters jesters yep number six yeah and, and the, then the presidential seven. relatives was there something in between those presidential families uh let me stop let our let me the let me solo her right yes okay so you're right i've forgotten about that one and number four, we're going to talk about the history of duels. Holy shit, is this a fascinating subject. So before we get into this, and 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 thank you, you brought up your show. Michael, you're a big video game player, as am I. I just got a PS5, I wanted to tell you. Oh, congrats. So I'm in the current gen, finally. Although I did mm-hmm. have a Series S, it, I, now that I've been playing games on there, holy cow, it, it, we are, I mean, it's, I know, I know there's things to complain about nowadays when it comes to video games, but still, wow, it's, uh, it's incredible. But I, I've been playing, um, some different games here and there. And I noticed that some of the games like from the past, like say the Witcher three got upresed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I noticed that Red Dead had a re not even a remake just came out on the Re- switch remaster for switch and ps4 right so that's a little little bit strange so like that's happening now okay i haven't i haven't actually tried that one i have i've heard it doesn't add a whole lot yes but, uh, well yeah. speaking of that i you you do have some shootouts in that and in duels i always thought that it was guns but it came quite a bit earlier than that in fact oh yeah most duels, the hype, like the hype train of duels really came from the medieval period, which is swords and, you know, spears, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any, did you have any knowledge ab- about duels before we kind of discussed doing this topic? Oh, some, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the idea that you have a, a second and there's there's a lot of formality. It's not just like two guys getting into a fight and then like, oh, pistols at dawn. Okay, I'll see you out in the battlefield. Whatever. Uh, that there's a, a process to it. That it's it's it was like a, a legal thing almost. And like yes. even after it became highly illegal, like that process still remained. That like you have to have witnesses. You have to have someone to kind of watch your back and make sure the other side doesn't try anything hinky and yeah it's it's just a way to kind of keep this violence very tightly controlled yes and it's i didn't even know about seconds again until well i kind of had an idea because one of my favorite movies of all time is barry linden 
And that's one of the mm. few movies where I've seen an actual like dual sequence in a movie. And um, I remember specifically thinking like, wow, this would be scary. You know, like I can't imagine being yeah. at a brewery <laughs> and somebody spilling a beer on me and being like, good sir, you have destroyed my Reeboks. Meet me mm. outside. Denny? Demand satisfaction. They hit you in the <laughs> face with a silk glove. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although I, I almost wonder if in politics, if we'd get a lot more done, if if politicians could duel, if we could just maybe make a little rule that says these guys can do that. I don't know. Just a thought. Hmm. I don't think maybe. it should be brought think, back. But I, I mean, you know, we did lose Alexander Hamilton with the duel. That so. is that is true. And. Some people will know. I've, I haven't talked the highest of Alexander Hamilton because I think the musical is a bit of revisionist history because mm. Aaron Burr, the vice president of Thomas Jefferson, actually at the time, was a pretty... He's, he was pretty vilified for that. But we are going to get into some of the most famous duels at, at, in the second half of this, this, this episode. But I'm going to go through some information first. Now, there's, as sources... MilitaryHistoryNow.com has an article called Pistols at Dawn, Officers, Gentlemen, and Dueling in the 18th and 19th Century. And we're kind of going to focus on that because it really dies off in the 19th century. But Mm -hmm. according to the Wikipedia, the practice of dueling started in Europe during the Middle Ages. Ironically, duels were meant to reduce violence by circumventing killing passions of vengeance, replacing them with what was called judicial combat, kind of what you were saying there. Yeah. The first American duel was fought in Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1621. The men used swords. Mm. It was Edward Doty and Edward Lester of the Massachusetts colony. They fought the uh, this recorded American duel just a year. A year after they landed on Plymouth Rock. Man, couldn't couldn't wait. No. <laughs> they were like, right. oh. it's been, been a whole year, time for some violence. Oh. <laughs> Let's get this violence thing started in the new land Mm -hmm. in England, Mm -hmm. too, as we were supposedly thinking it was going to be. Armed with swords, both men sustained minor wounds. A unique aspect of the duel was that Doty and Leicester were both servants. So it was like Mr. Belvedere won, and then the neighbor's Mr. Belvedere decided to duke it out. Interesting. And if they were the indentured kind or just regular servants? Mm, I didn't look into that. I just saw the servants mm. thing and was like, hmm, there's a story there. Yeah. But dueling uh, existed outside the law. It provided quick, dramatic, and effective remedies that were either unavailable in courts or simply beyond their purview. Duels were for private quarrels involving gentlemen. So, again, you say you you were slandering somebody. I mean, this is a time where we didn't have social media per se, but if no. you talk shit, you'd find out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no low-born men dared issue to challenge, nor would he ever receive one. Horse whippings or canings administered by one's social betters sufficed as impromptu justice for the so-called riffraff. Mm. Uh on the other hand, a duel furnished a gentleman a chance to publicly display his resolve and courage in the defense of that most sacred of well-born causes, personal honor. Yeah. I remember finding out, like, 
maybe 10, 15 years ago what a gentleman actually was. <laughs> like you always just think about it, it's like, oh, it's somebody well-behaved and possibly wealthy. It's like, no, it is a member of the landowning class, like the the aristocracy, petty aristocracy at least, mm-hmm. who is defined by not working. A gentleman does not have a job. That is for the lower classes. Exactly. And that's that's some of what the we'll we'll, we'll say the South was complaining about when um, they were fighting against the North about government control, as they said at the time. Mm-hmm. They weren't very happy about the fact that they were going to have to work. And I don't no. work. I'm a gentleman. Gentleman Jack, that's if you I, will. what I buy people for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially when there's a deal. Now, um, so how a man performed in a duel could make or break his reputation. Now, a woman, and I immediately thought of this, and and, then this will come up more. Women, especially during duels, uh, a woman of substance might well ask a man she was considering as a husband, have you blazed yet, sir? Wow, 420, blazing, got it. <laughs> exactly. And here on the Zanz- well, what, what does blaze mean in this context? I, I, it meant, have you dueled? It was kind of a slang oh, okay. term at the time. So it was like, have you blazed yet, Jonathan? Mm. And he's like, <laughs> got the red eyes and just staring up at the mm-hmm. sky. And he's like, yeah, baby, yeah. I blaze all Sorry, the time. Just, just imagining Jonathan lighting a giant spliff. I can't <laughs> get that image out of my head. You know what? Hey, I get it, man. Times were tough back then. <laughs> Times were tough now. Now, this is interesting to me. Modern statistical analysis shows only about 20% of duels resulted in fatalities. Huh. So That's interesting. It is interesting to me, but it also speaks to uh, one of the th- rabbit holes I went down, especially with this episode, was uh, different accounts from duels, and we'll get more into that. But, I mean, yes... The gentlemen of the time who had duels, and as you alluded to, um, the the most famous duel, even then, revolvers and, and ammunition, none of this was like of the tech, technical preciseness that we have today. You know, mm-hmm. um, there was, as bad as medicine was, and as bad as one could get ill from, say, a scrape, or uh, a soft bullet, we'll say, from the Civil War. Uh, A lot of times people did still live through these injuries. Um, And in the case of a duel, with there only being a 20% resulting in fatalities, um, a lot of that wasn't at the duel. Like somebody could, per se, get shot Hmm. and then walk away from it and then say die later because he's like, oh, shit, I should have poured whiskey on it. It's an infection. Exactly. So, according to the Dueling Handbook published in Britain in 1829, a duelist had a 1 in 6 chance of being wounded and a 1 in 14 chance of dying. Mm. Still scary odds. Yeah, know? yeah, it is. But, I mean, if you if that's what's fun, like you don't have video games, I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm not allowed to get into fights or, you know, there's no hunting right now whatever people did for fun back then like yeah i I could see like yeah i I miss being in the army let's fight a duel it's funny for me because immediately i think of like i just i just got three duels in this week you know i'm i'm on what you might call a dueling pass uh Mm -hmm. uh extended uh trial right now and uh once i get enough punch cards i get a brand new smith and wesson 
Uh, there, <laughs> there, and 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 this this might come up a little bit later when we get to the actual duels of importance. The not necessarily because they're all bad. Somebody gets hurt, dies. Mm-hmm. It's somebody's family member. But during, and this was a previous episode. We did the War of eighteen twelve. And we were talking specifically towards the end about the Battle of New Orleans and some of the, we'll call riffraff, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. who joined up with Andrew Jackson to fight in New Orleans, uh, specifically were like loose cannon duelists of the, uh, of the period. And they were given actually issued cards, like dueling cards. You could just hand mm-hmm. to somebody to duel them. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, which is just funny to think of saloons filled with, you know, guys just pissed off, hungover, just boner battle ready at all times, mm. just throwing out their cards left and right. And they're like, you know, like you wake up and you're like, shit, fuck, I I knocked that guy's hat off and now I got a duel at eight. I got a duel at nine. Yeah. Barely remember any of it. Exactly. Um, so most gentlemen never fought a duel and those who did typically fought only one or two, a few developed a taste for it and constantly provoked opportunities to display their courage and skills. These professional duelists inspired fear from most admiration from some and scorn from contemporary moralists. They bore nicknames such as hundred duel diet or I said diet dick hundred duel (laughs) dick. Um, Blazing Bob and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Feather Spring Ned. Ah, oh, Feather Spring Ned. Yeah, I, I cannot be afraid of that guy. Sounds like a, he's advertising a mattress. I don't um, know. I don't like feathers. Birds are supposed to be in the up up in the air, and I shoot them out of there. Well, that's interesting because, like, you you think of duels like. Uh, when, when you think of an American duel, you think of like gunfighters in the old West totally. and like the, it sounds like it was actually like much more prevalent, like decades before that era, like, you know, the early 19th century when Andrew Jackson was running around. <laughs> well, old, old Hickory, as he would be named, he, mm-hmm. he, that that's a future episode where actually I'm in the process <laughs> of reading a book on him and He's fascinating. He He's definitely the first populist president. If you know anything, say, I don't know, lived in the last eight years and knew anything about Trump. He mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. a very similar individual when it comes to politics. Uh, I will say I think Jackson's a little bit. And again, I, I try not to get political on the show. I think he's a little I think he's definitely more fascinating there. I'll leave it at that. Check them out. There's books out there. Interesting stuff. Um, Okay, so continuing down this rabbit hole. Now, as I mentioned, and I'm I'm really glad you brought up the thing about about gentlemen, because, yes, they were very much like the Barry Lyndon, just like chasing chasing whatever their passion was at the time, not necessarily in hard work, but maybe in, Mm -hmm. say, bedroom activities, we'll say, or addictions i mean the the best side of things you had people who are like yes this will fund my hobby of studying the sciences and i shall make new inventions and advancements 
And then you've also got like people who just uh, fuck around and play cards. Or do both, like Benjamin yeah. Franklin. He's just literally true. spinning ball ballerinas on his lap and then going from mm -hmm. that to playing chess with people and being like, what do you think the colonists are up to today? And they're like, yeah. we, I do not know. <laughs> um, but the foremost duelist in the United States was a man named McClung, who triumphed. McClung? <laughs> yeah. He wasn't McClung. just a he wasn't just a walking hang on off the side of a horse. He was a human being <laughs> who literally triumphed in more than 150 encounters. Wow! But saved the last bullet for himself, dying by suicide. Wow! <laughs> takes <laughs> takes all kinds. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just saying. It doesn't matter how many duels you get in, fellas. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. So it was it one of those Kratos things where he just keeps fighting constantly, hoping someone's going to kill him. Like, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm just finally now playing God of War on my Steam uh, Deck. I'm playing God of War while playing Last of Us Remaster fully to the end. I didn't make it all the way through the first time on the PS5, and um. Those are two pretty grim games, like you said. Mm -hmm. Like it, <laughs> there's not a lot of real good feel-good games out there. Between like, I mean, I I guess I took the Elden Ring deaths as more of a joy to try something new after, but it's it's definitely yeah. People be sad sometimes. They just didn't have much comedy or or things to laugh mm -hmm. at. I guess at the time. <laughs> I guess yeah. Um. So what killed the duel once and for all was the triumph of Victorian morality in Britain and the U.S. Mm. Growing religion. Victorians. <laughs> right. It was ruining everything. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> let's powder ourselves and put on wigs and, I don't know, maybe do a new dance. Mm. And play the harpsichord real fast, like Mozart. Uh, growing religious fervor, reformist zeal, a rising secular nationalism, and an increasingly effective and far-reaching government all basically rallied against the personal violence and special... There, there, there was this idea, really, at the time that was like, really? Like, and, and I, I didn't really discuss it, but like, George Washington hated it, personally. He's really? like, it was, huh. a, he's like, this is, you're wasting time basically you could be fighting the british <laughs> mm, i think yeah. it, i think it was more of an angle of like join me let's go really kill people well the especially during the war it's like look you've got a gun to shoot point it at them <laughs> don't point it at this guy i need him to point it at them too also stop having sex with the local ladies of the night I i'm mm -hmm. sick of all the stds running in this camp just Focus all your aggression on killing British people. Please, for the love of God, we are so close to getting our asses handed to us. Um, I remember hearing once that like the Victorian, what we think of as like the Victorian repression was actually sort of a reaction to like the extreme libertine attitudes of the late 18th century. Yes. Like, yeah, that our, uh, our grandparents and parents were uh, sleeping around constantly. They were gambling. They were... Uh, not going to church regularly. We need to get back to basic morals to yeah. save society. And I, I, I always hear this too. It's the whole idea that things are 
building up momentum to one, we'll say one side, and then they switch to an they swing to another side when it mm-hmm. comes to yeah, it's a it's a pendulum. It's a yeah. pendulum. And I think that was clearly one of those like, okay, fellas, Wild West is getting old. We get it. You know, you you're angry. You need to you need to settle down. You need to stop eating rocks and shooting birds and <laughs> plant a plow in the soil and, and make a life for yourself here. But mm-hmm. um, basically the good of the men, many finally came to outweigh the honor of the few duels lost their glamour, glamour and stylishness. They became hopelessly. Uh, basically it was like, Oh, duels who does that these days? I'm more interested in this thing called, uh, I don't know. Andrew Jackson's been talking about it. Something about how we need to kill more Indians. Yeah, I'm going to focus mm. on that. Yeah, I'm going to focus on, yeah, that Indian war thing. Sounds great. <laughs> Terrible. But <laughs> duels really died off because of that. Because And, I mean, we have yet to cover it, but I've got like three books to read before we do. I think it's going to be episode 200 or 300. We'll see especially when I start really sussing out the the episode itinerary and all that. But like Civil War things, I mean, you know, you go back to things like the Revolutionary War and you see how things change, but really doing doing the info for this too, I you can see how subtly this changes kind of the, the mode of, say, us becoming more civilized as a country too, you Mm -hmm. know, the last thing you want is any sort of like, you want people to just become consumers in this type of a world that they're building up to. You want people to have an allegiance to this new country, which is in its infancy. And, you know, war of 1812, which we covered was, was basically the president had Madison had a boner for the idea of us going to war and, he had to find a way into that. And then we used a motley crew of people to stomp the Brits out. And mostly because Napoleon was on the other side of the world, stomping the Brits on that side. And they were kind of mm. like, oh, when is tea time? War is over. Let's fucking <laughs> settle this and move on. Um, they, as I said, it, it became less, pro- less of a cool thing to be a duelist. The last vestige mm-hmm. of the duel, the classic fast draw face-off on a long dusty street in the Old West, was largely a myth created by filmmakers. Only one well-documented historical instance can be found. Personal honor brought the duel into existence, but a widespread commitment to a well-ordered national honor sealed its extinction. Like I said, that's according to the article uh, militaryhistorynow.com, Pistols at Dawn which I referenced a little bit, but there were some notes I took. But I want to get into this next part. So this is according to an article I found called History.com, Eight Legendary Duels. And now I Googled basically, as I alluded to, with the like a woman's honor or a, a woman would ask a man like, hey, if you want to get down with Sally Sue, I need to know that you have blazed, good sir. And I also wanted to know in that instance, had any women dueled? And as we'll find out, there were, but it wasn't necessarily proper for them to. Uh. Now, first off, right out of the gate, 
Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. As I mentioned, Alexander Hamilton was a Federalist who at one point, and he did say this, promise, he said, democracy is a virus. That's Alexander Hamilton. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Aaron Burr, vice president of under Thomas Jefferson, is actually a very good man from what I read. Some, Some scandals at the time. Mostly, he was a bit of a womanizer. But if you kind of can say this, I, I would give him kind of like a, I, it's hard to classify. Supposedly, Aaron Burr had these incredible eyes and like women would look at him and just fall over and faint. Not necessarily like every time, but they would just be swooning for the guy because he mm. had this, this steely eyed right. intensity. So... I can't. I can't hear his name without thinking of that Got Milk commercial, though. I'm Aaron sorry. Burr. Alan Bull. <laughs> you saw that, right? <laughs> I I do remember. Uh, you know, it's been a minute since I've really seen commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing YouTube Premium for a while, so I don't really uh, see him. An Aaron Burr historian here is like, "Who shot Alexander Hamilton? Call now to win!" And he like calls it in, but his mouth is full of brownies, and he can't <laughs> say the name. That's cool. I might add that in the at the end of this episode just for fun. Um, on July 11th, 1804, years of ex- escalating personal and political tensions uh, culminated in the most famous duel in American history, the standoff between Alexander Hamilton, a leading Federalist and former Secretary of the Treasury, and Aaron Burr, who was then serving as Vice President under Thomas Jefferson. Hamilton had come to detest Burr, whom he regarded as an opportunist. It's not true. Burr was literally pushed into politics. He's one of these guys who, and you see it occasionally, I guess I would have kind of said somebody like, say, Bernie Sanders was kind of similar, who people were like, you should run, you should run. Bernie, you've got great ideas. Bernie, we think you're great. Go, 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 please save mm-hmm. our country. And Bernie's like, yeah, well, I think I should, maybe. It's kind of that same thing where... It was, it was people would constantly ask him to, to run for office because he, he, at the time, was way more progressive. He was anti-slavery. He saw in 1804, of all times, even previous to that, in fact, closer to the Revolutionary War, he was pro-women's rights, which we shouldn't even have to say, but it, at the time, it, this is pretty early in that, you know, and he was a very progressive type of person, especially in the United States' infancy as it was. Now, um, as I said, he saw him as an opportunist and vehemently campaigned against him during his failed 1804 bid to become governor of New York. Burr resolved to restore his reputation by challenging Hamilton to an affair of honor, as duels were then known. Now, it's also true that Hamilton had basically said that Hamilton stated that Burr was having an affair with, I think, his daughter. And uh, much like the Burr's sp- daughter or with Hamilton's daughter? With Bur- his own daughter, like an incestuous. Oh, like it was oh, okay. gross. Yeah. There, there no, were I things. Can, I can understand the. <laughs> yes. So, and because there were many times where Hamilton tried to stoke a fire against Burr and Burr ignored it. And. Mm. And again, I'm not trying to, like, if you're a huge Hamilton fan and you love the musical, that's great. Hopefully that got you to want to read more about this sort of stuff. Um, I, and I'm not saying this to you, Michael, I know you're well educated and you, you like to read as well, but like, 
it's just for people who don't know, I think it's interesting to delve into the facts a little bit more. Um, mm. And especially with Aaron Burr, he, there's a there's an excellent, like, I want to say three-part series that The Dollop did on Aaron Burr that I listened to probably two years ago. That's really, really good. Um, anyway, so Hamilton's stoking the fire, trying to get Burr to duel him, but yet still more so playing it much like most politicians did even then with the spin and trying to make it look like he's a bad guy. And um, Burr just wasn't that type of politician. The enemies met at the dueling grounds near Weehawken, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. the same spot where Hamilton's son had died defending his father's honor in November 1801. The loss inspired Hamilton to denounce dueling and lend his voice to the growing movement against the practice. According to some accounts, Hamilton never planned to aim at Burr, hoping instead to fire a symbolic shot into the air and resolve the matter peacefully. Whatever his intentions, Hamilton missed his opponent but was promptly shot in the stomach. He died the next Ugh. afternoon. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's a rough way to go. Few affairs of honor actually resulted in deaths at the time, and the nation was outraged by the killing of a man as eminent as Alexander Hamilton. Public opinion turned against Burr, who was charged with murder and later arrested for treason in an unrelated incident, of which I don't necessarily think he was guilty of. But I will Mm. say Thomas Jefferson was kind of a shit and threw Burr under, basically under the bus this whole time. Like they, they had no evidence of certain scandals with Burr and Thomas Jefferson under the heat of political adversaries at the time basically was like, "Uh, okay, go ahead, arrest him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is like, you know, you want worth it to keep him around. Exactly. But that's the thing is like, if he's your friend, Especially mm-hmm. if he's your vice president, you know, yeah. who ever heard of a president throwing his vice president <laughs> under a bus? <laughs> not in my country. Never. Never. Certainly not in the last few years. Exactly. <laughs> so Lady Almeria Braddock and Miss Elephantstone. This is from 1792. A oh, okay. A certain Miss Elephantstone expected no more than a cup of tea when she paid a social call to Lady Almeria Braddock's London home in 1792. But the visit veered off into decidedly unladylike territory when the hostess, evidently enraged by a casual comment, mm, I like mulberry jam. I like raspberry jam. <laughs> Table flip. Oh, um, I'm just, I just uh, assume <laughs> it was about jam. Uh, yeah, Probably. Most things were. According to reports, Miss Elephantstone fired her pistol first, knocking Lady Braddock's hat to the ground, which is just uncalled for. <laughs> Why, I never. <laughs> the women then took up swords, and Lady Braddock got her revenge by wounding her opponent in the arm. The petticoat mm. duel, as it came to be known, ended without further incident when Miss Elephantstone agreed to write a letter of apology. So women did duel. There you have it, folks. Wow. At, at least one recorded instance. That's it, at least one. Very progressive for 1791. <laughs> it was 1792. Interestingly 1792. enough, yeah. I want to say that would have put that, I think that's right around the time where Britain was finally like, you know what? Fuck the U.S. for a little while. We got this short king in France we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. They can have their country. Yeah. <laughs> now... Right. Just, just a bunch of colonist rabble anyway who cares exactly Mm -hmm. nothing nothing good will come of it we know no 
And we, we snuck a little clause in there that we, we become the country in power in like a hundred years. They'll be fine. Uh, Mm -hmm. Miyamoto Musashi and Sasaki Ah, Kojiro from 1612 considered the preeminent Japanese swordsman of their time. Arch rivals Miyamoto Musashi and Sasaki Kojiro met on the remote shores of Ganri Island. Ganryu. Ganryu. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was a. So th- this is like the most mythologized duel in Japanese pop culture. So. In... <laughs> but go ahead, please. Oh, of course. No. Okay. So according to legend, Musashi showed up several hours later are several several hours late to psych out his opponent which that's not a mm-hmm. bad idea especially if if there's just you in the it's in the proposed battle it's just the one guy and maybe like his homeboy who's just standing there trying to hype him up he's like yeah it's going to be awesome dude you're going to take mm-hmm. him out 2 seconds um he wanted to psych out his opponent bearing a giant wooden sword he had fashioned from the oar of a boat Kojiro attacked the tardy samurai with his signature swallow cut move. But before his blade was lowered, Musashi dealt him a fatal blow. Pursued by a furious Mm -hmm. Kojiro supporters who considered his delayed arrival unfair, Musashi hopped back into his boat and rode to safety. Later in life, Musashi would become an acclaimed painter. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's weird to hear stories about Musashi's life because again he's mythologized as like it's master swordsman the sword saint like every cool wandering samurai you've ever seen in like an anime is based on Musashi in some some capacity and then like you actually read the accounts of his duels it's like uh yeah he was supposed to duel like a kid and then just like hid in the bushes until they went by he jumped out and bopped the kid on the head with the stick and ran away like how the fuck is this a romanticized duel <laughs> that was i can just see a group of guys like standing there like you know we'll say blazed out and just looking mm-hmm. on like yeah, that was cool as shit he just bonked yeah. that four-year-old on the head and just ran off with a boat oar cool yeah let's let's just say this was a really cool duel with swords because that <laughs> sounds better to talk about <laughs> the story's better than the reality bro write it down mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all right so edward manette and edmund duranti from 1870 now in hmm. february 1870 the french painter manet flew into a fit of rage after reading a single dis passionate sentence about two of his works penned by his longtime friend, the critic Edmund Duranti. The artist stormed into Paris Café Goubois, slapped Duranti in the face, and challenged him to a sword duel. According to police reports, the men faced each other on February 23rd in the forest of Saint-Germain with the famous writer Emily Zola attending Manet as his second the adversary's swords allegedly struck only once, but with such force that both blades buckled when Durante wow. sustained a minor wound. Manet declared his honor sufficiently defended, and before long the two Parisians had patched up their relationship and once again sharing meals at Goubois. And that's a yeah. lot of it in Happy what ending. I, yeah. A lot of what I see is that it's 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 masculinity. It's it's dudes who are literally just like, you know what, you know what. Let's just fight it out, 
like mm-hmm. wrestling style or even dual style. You know, the odds are one in 14. One of us actually dies. And then we're cool. And, and especially at the time, you know, you look at mortality rates, especially in like the 18th, 19th century. It's like, you know, I think we mentioned it when we literally when we did the, the, the jesters episode, because like jesters at the time were you know, laughter is medicine. Comedy is important. We need those things. And the spectacle of a duel could draw crowds too. In fact, a lot of the painted duels I saw had people watching or even wars. I mean, you know, and before Netflix, Hey, let's go catch Gettysburg. It's on at eight. You know, like there mm. was, there was a thing about watching these things unfold. Um, it, it, I don't know where I was going with that, but I was, I think I specifically think uh, most of it was just the act of showing up. You know, they say 80, Mm -hmm. 80 or 90% of, of achievements in life you can accomplish just by showing up. And I think the aggression of the moment is mostly mental. You know, you get to the thing and you're already, you know, you spent the whole night just, you know, having, angrily masturbating to the idea of this <laughs> this duel that you have to get into getting out all the rage per se mm-hmm. and then you go into it it happens and even you know say you go into a duel and you both miss each other you're you're the lucky not one of 14 that didn't die or didn't get wounded i would say that mm-hmm. squashes a lot of things after hearing two guns go off and no one dies oh so, yeah well and and i also imagine like even if you you just like get grazed or you know stabbed, like the sec the second that you either feel that pain or like I think there's something that happens when you you know you hurt someone else and you realize like oh you've I've gone too far I've really hurt this person like right. that might make the anger kind of drain away like oh okay yeah this is far enough we should stop now <laughs> true yeah totally totally um, Alexander Pushkin and George Deanthes from 1837, perhaps more so than the man wielding the pistol. It was pure jealousy that felled the great Russian poet Alexander Pushkin at the height of his career. In the 1830s, George Dance aggressively pursued Pushkin's beautiful wife, Natalia, in St. Petersburg, earning verbal threats from the famous and notoriously pugnacious writer in return. So it seems like a lot of artists get that, get that passion, mm-hmm. you know? I know what it's like. Yeah. I throw a guitar on and boom, I just rage out. <laughs> I get it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's fun. When you're passionate about things, you generally tend to be excitable. And yeah. In, on January 10th, 1837, the Frenchman wed Natalia's sister Ekaterina. Ooh. Ekaterina? Forgive Ekaterina? me. Yeah, something like that. E K A T E R I N A. Ekaterina. Yeah, I think it's Ekaterina. Ekaterina. Nice. Perhaps to dispel rumors of an affair and quell Pushkin's wrath. Nevertheless, on January 27th, the newly minted brothers-in-law met in a duel. Danthus escaped with a gash on his arm, but Pushkin took a bullet to the stomach and died two days later. Terrible. Terrible. A lot of people get gut shot and then just, ah, what a a slow, agonizing death. Terrible. And... Mm. You know, I could see modern medicine at the time being like, you'll just shit it out. It'll be fine. And then being like, uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. You're pretty gray there, fella. Why don't you lay down? Mm-hmm. Here, take this eel. Put it on your nose. It'll help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, was, it, was it President McKinley, I want to say? There was one president who was shot by an assassin, yep. and then it took him days to die, but the real cause was the infection from the doctors digging around with their, their dirty hands in yep. the wound. Yep, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, Teddy was like, oh, good. He he survived. He's doing good. In fact, Teddy Roosevelt at the time was like off in the woods somewhere, like looking at a bird being like, it's a floating MacGuffin. And then some dude ran <laughs> up and was like, hey, Teddy, um, McKinley's dead. And he's like, what? Last I knew he was fine. I mean, it, it's crazy how those things would turn. Um, Isabella de Carzini, Carzi, Carazzi. Isabella de Carazzi mm-hmm. and Diambra de Pitanella from 1552. Fabio de Zerzola may have been the most sought after bachelor in 16th century Naples. At a time when many duels were fought between men for a disputed lady's favor, two young women, Isabella de Carazzi and Diambra de Pitanella, competed for Zerzola. Zerzola's affection in a public sword fight. Here, ladies showing us up. Wow. Again. Although the outcome is unknown, the sensational event kept gossip's tongues wagging for decades to come. In 1636, the Spanish artist Jose de Roberta immortalized the story in his famous painting, Dula de Mujeres, Duel of Women. Ah, Mujeres. Mujeres. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on my pronunciation. I'm I, sorry. I bet it includes nudity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, see this painting that mm. they're both. They, you 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 should have seen it. Uh, Petanella, she was at least sixty feet tall, big wreck, uh, mm-hmm. nipples <laughs> erect, pointed to the sky, and her amazing bush was uh, oh. smelled of flowers. Yeah. No, I I think uh, this. If I'm looking at the right one, there is no nudity. There, ah. actually, they they've got shields and swords and everything. This is an excellent time to plug our Instagram, which you should check out. I will post the picture there that Michael is referencing. Also, you can see us on our YouTube channel, Zanzizi Podcast, of which you will see Michael's beautiful beard, bearded face. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, also. We got two more to go here. So Ben Johnson and Gabrielle Spencer from 1598, a contemporary, interestingly enough, of William Shakespeare. Ben Johnson overcame a rough upbringing to become an accomplished playwright, poet, and actor. He also cultivated a bad boy reputation through his ruthless exploits as a soldier, his hard-drinking lifestyle, and his inflammatory writings. On September 22nd, 1598, he killed the actor, Gabrielle Spencer, in a duel that may have arisen after the two men quarreled over which theater troupe was Elizabethan England's finest. <laughs> I like AMC. <laughs> no. That's something worth dying over. Absolutely. I like Cinemark. <laughs> um... No, that's not. Sentenced to hang for the murder, Johnson used a legal loophole known as the benefit of clergy reciting a Bible verse to escape the death penalty. So remember Ecclesians if you're ever up for hanging, folks. His property was ultimately confiscated and his thumb branded. Johnson's hit Mm. play Every Man in His Humor 
was produced the same year with Shakespeare himself playing a role. Wow. Shakespeare is definitely an episode down the road because I've always been mm-hmm. fascinated. You know, they have that idea that it was like many men or maybe many monkeys with long quills who wrote all his plays. Who knows? There's some yeah. some crazy conspiracies out there. Um, now, our last and most interesting... Andrew Jackson, Old Hickory himself, and Charles Dickinson in 1806. Mm. More than two decades before he became the seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson faced off against Charles Dickinson, a lawyer regarded as one of the best shots in the area in Logan, Kentucky. I'm sorry if you thought this was the author, listeners, and folks and viewers out there. The proud and volatile Jackson, a former senator and representative of Tennessee, called for the duel after Dickinson described his wife Rachel as a bigamist referring to a legal error in her 1791 divorce from her first husband. Now, that's true. Uh, Rachel, mm. Jackson's first wife, was actually still technically married when they supposedly got married, and that was a scandal at the time. Whoops. <laughs> but I think a lot of it, it was just, again, country in its infancy, we're like, what are mm. laws? What are they? Do we just yeah, say let's that? try out this scandal thing? Is how about uh, a woman due to a clerical error is technically still married to another guy? That's okay. That's a pretty good beginner scandal. That's a we great can start there. That's a great yeah. first scandal. You know, you get your foot yeah, in there, you yeah, get yeah. a little wet, and then you start having sex with slaves. Who knows? <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, my bad. But um, hmm. so according to this. The two men met with pistols in hand, standing 24 feet apart in accordance with dueling custom. After the signal, Dickinson fired first, grazing Jackson's breastbone and breaking some of his ribs. Jackson, a former Tennessee militia leader, maintained his stance and fired back, fatally wounding his opponent. It was one of several duels Jackson was said to have participated in during his lifetime, the majority of which were allegedly in defense of his wife's honor. So, in that case, I say that's not so bad. I I mean, if you're going to fight, you're going to protect your family and your loved ones, you know, if, if, if it's going to actually come to that. And I, I feel good saying that, that that's a, that's a decent enough reason, but this is an interesting fact. Andrew Jackson supposedly was in almost at least at almost, I say almost at least, uh, Somewhere in the range of about 100 duels in his life. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> prolific guy. He, he was. He, he liked to settle his, uh, his disagreements with Steele. And uh, mm. interesting president in a forthcoming episode. With he liked my, to settle a lot of things with Steele, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's your episode, folks. Duels. We talked about duels. We talked about... Uh, kind of when they originated they went out in the 19th century mm-hmm. some karens out there probably think they would like to start duels but realistically it's a bad idea folks violence doesn't yeah. really solve much anyways no just even if you both survive it's just you just feel kind of bad about it afterward unless you're a parisian painter and and art critic <laughs> apparently <laughs> who can get along 
I just um, one thing I, I was kind of hoping you would touch on. Yeah, it's like the the weird tradition of like German academic fencing. Have you ever heard of this? Like uh, academic duels. I thought about doing a separate episode specifically on fencing because I there's another movie that specifically I had seen a fencing. Yeah duel in or whatever and i i didn't really touch on that because i was more focused on the idea of guns i guess maybe it's because i'm an american but yeah. um well go ahead i guess these are the the german dueling societies that ex used to exist at universities like for aristocrats and if you've ever seen like you know german generals in world war one movies that have like the big scars across their cheeks or whatever that those were not in taken in battle those were deliberate like the the German academic fencing is two guys put on like goggles and a nose cover and like a, a thick leather collar. And then they stand at a fixed distance and just sort of wave their swords in each other's faces and try to score hits. And the idea is that you will hit a gash on your opponent's cheek. And then uh, once that happens, they'll like put a horse hair in it so that it, it scars over horribly. And it was like just this, this mark of, distinction and aristocracy I, w I wonder if that got guys more attention from the opposite sex and or whoever they were trying to bet at the time if they had like multiple horsehair scars just Could some, be, yeah i don't know i don't i know what i want my elden ring character to look like then my next one whenever this dlc comes out is gonna have a mm. bunch of horsehair scars on his face that's right hell yeah hell yeah big ones indeed <laughs> all right michael Go ahead and tell the folks again where, where they can find you. Uh, once again, Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, it's deliberately misspelled. I'm not slurring my way through video game. Uh, <laughs> we, we are a podcast. Uh, we have long episodes that come out every Friday. You can find us on your podcast app of choice. We talk about new releases. We talk about old games in a top five format. We talk about news, a bunch of stuff. It's a fun time. And you can also find me on Twitter and Blue Sky at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Indeed. And we'll have him on again. He's a great guest. I love the guy. He's very oh, smart. thank you. And he always tells me the, the latest taps on his podcast when it comes to video games, him along with his rabble-tabble group of rogues and duelists over there <laughs> yeah yeah always fighting hey it's it you know what it, it leads to fun discussion uh but that's been your episode if you like this show please give us five twinkly stars on itunes or five stars on spotify or five stars on podbean i don't know what kind of things they do maybe five beans who knows but whatever you listen to, please rate and review. It helps the show greatly. And I've seen the numbers increasing, especially in this last couple of months. So I do have to do a shout oh, out very soon. And Michael, your episodes always do really well, too. People love you and they should check you out. But oh, thank you. With that said, that's been our episode this week. This is coming out this Friday, so it should be a Friday episode. And I hope you have a great weekend and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Mr. Tollaby, but the circumstances of our meeting are well known to us. There is no need of further explanation. Aye, let us be about the business. The business! Let us be about it. Very well, then. Let us be in the business of going about the business. Very well, then. In hand. Aye, the business in hand. So be it. Sir David, I understand the choice is yours. Sword or pistol? Sword, as you wish. It is the only weapon for a gentleman. Just so. That means, Mr. Van Hoyle, that you have the pistol. Thank you, sir. Now, gentlemen, 
When you are both braced and ready, I shall drop... No, 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 the... wait, 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 wait a minute. Is there something wrong, Sir David? Well, quick, man, the hour grows late. Well, it's, it's just that I sort of assumed, you know, when you said sword or pistol, uh, that we, we'd both have the same one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not with you. Well, it's just that, I, you know, I said sword, thinking that would mean we would both have a sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. well, uh, the yes. thing is, I only brought one of each, unfortunately. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's not making fuss. No, 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 I wonder if there's anywhere we could get a sword. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, you wouldn't happen to have a sword on you, would you? Oh, Twenty past seven. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're stitched, aren't we? How would it be if Mr Van Hoyle were to take the pistol but promise not to fire it. I mean, ah, you mean use the pistol as if it were a sword? Exactly. Suits me. <laughs> Hang on. What, is that... <laughs> Look, I mean, it wouldn't cut anything. It's blunt. See? Nothing. Well, it stings. Oh, it stings? Yeah, it would make sting. Same, is it, as a sword? <laughs> a crap one, if I may say so. No, you see, no, no. What we need is something that we've got two of. Uh, I've got two brothers. No. I'll tell you what. Ha! Matches. What, do you mean set fire to each other? Well, it's better than nothing. Oh, no, I've only got one left. Oh, oh. Bear with me. I have one last idea up my sleeve. Well, a handkerchief? No, Sir David. Two handkerchiefs. <laughs> Are you proposing that we duel to the death with a pair of handkerchiefs? I realise it's not ideal, Mr Van Hall, but at least it would be fair. It will take forever. I have to be in town by eight o'clock at the, at the latest. Yeah, we haven't got anything else, though, you see. Oh, very well. They'd better be clean, that's all. Scrupulously clean, I assure you. Now, gentlemen, when you are both braced and ready, I shall drop the hank. Oh, for heaven's sake, Arthur! This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.